Welcome back to the Action Action Podcast. We watch all the action movies and we put them on our big list. Um, this is episode whatever. We are going to watch Shakedown <laughs> today. Today we're going to watch... The truth, let's be honest. The truth is we've lost track of... So we, we've lost track. We're going to watch Shakedown today. Before we, we, we talk about the movie, um, let's get into what we have watched with... Our team, our guests, not our guests. Our Go guests. team. Go team. Okay, I want to say that one more time. I'm just trying to start a little bit different so that we can be a little more like fun. So we can be fun because we're not normally fun. We're, I'm not a fun person. You're a fun guy. No, you're a fun uh, guy, James. No, I'm not a fun guy. Well, I'm not a fun guy. If you're not a fun guy, then I am death. You're definitely not fun. <laughs> All nothing, right, we're having a great time. Hey, yeah, yeah, how you doing? Nothing about me is fun. I'm just trying to be a little bit... Well, this know, is true, to... actually. I've heard this. Instagram is like blowing up. Can you get rid of that unfun John? Yeah, I've tried to quit so many times. <laughs> actually, they Andy's won't... just right outside your door. So. They won't let me. Andy, I, honestly, like Andy... Glass against the window. <laughs> no. Andy has a fucking rape kit and a fucking noose and he's just ready to just get rid of me he's ready to go whenever you're you're ready to tap out we could actually probably put together uh, and by we i mean james like uh pump andy's tires like cut of just stuff we've said about him that would make him so happy oh yeah i mean if we ever were able to get the ghost host on i mean i don't want him on who are our contenders for replacing John? I mean, Andy's probably number one. Number West one can, with the bullet. Wes can do it. Wes could do it. To be honest, anybody can do it. Pretty much an empty chair could do it. Yeah. All right, here we go. So I'm going to put John versus Steven Seagal tomorrow. <laughs> That's actually really funny. Steven Seagal might win. Can you picture this? Although I need a picture of you to put on there, so... Well, can you Let's approve the picture with me first? <laughs> hey, welcome back to Action Action, the podcast that watches all the action movies and we put them on our gigantic list. My name is John. Uh, with me, as always, is James. Yep. And Dustin. Hey. This week on the podcast, we are watching Shakedown 88. Correct. That's the year it came out. That's uh, right. Before we get into the movie, though. Um, you know it, John. The, the, this was, I know, I know things. This is Dustin's pick, right? Correct. Really? Uh, interesting pick. I thought it um, was yours, uh, John. Yeah, this seems like yeah, a good no, 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 Yeah, no, I think uh, I usually pick incredibly thoughtful films that are, like, super complex, that have the zero action in them, and um, are more like, oh, this is a thinker. Um, yeah, no, this is definitely a Dustin pick. Yeah, this is a fucking <laughs> Dustin pick if I've ever seen one. It was so more entertaining. We, before we get into the movie, uh, which I'm going to, spoiler I really liked a lot, actually. Dustin, what did you watch this week? Do you want to say anything? Please give me a recommend and more. Hopefully, every week I ask this. Give me a, a seek and destroy. Right. I don't know if I have a destroy for you this week. I had I had some last time we did an episode, but yeah. Spoiler. Uh, I don't have one. Uh oh. Only positivity this week. Yeah. Uh, 
I watched a, a couple interesting things. I watched a documentary again. I'm on, I've just not been on a documentary kick. Get for the like fuck out of here. But I watched one called Fucking Class Action Park. Uh, have you guys heard about this? This is a no. documentary about this former amusement park in New Jersey called Action Park, where it was extremely yeah, unregulated and people got hurt and killed <laughs> a bunch. Oh, wow. It was, like a, so- it was like a water park, but there was also rides and like... Um, like you could race cars and you could race fucking speedboats. Yeah. Oh so I've God. heard about this. Uh, I, I mean, I've heard about this park for, for the last like, I think 20 years. Um, I've even listened to episodes like podcasts where they've interviewed like the Survivors. son of the owner. <laughs> oh yeah. No, the son of the owner. Yeah. Right? He, he's on the and, documentary like, too. It's, it's pretty fucking wild yeah it's um, uh, the shit that happened there but like the thing is they, they pretty much kind of came out unscathed from what i understand yeah more or less i mean it eventually went under but it was open for like 20 some years and yeah but uh, people literally died there like, and yes multiple people died in the park uh and they the rides were just like the owner would just come up with some shit that he wanted and then they'd just build it even though like nobody was like an engineer or anything. So like they had a water slide that had a fucking loop did he loop so that you would like go down this extremely <laughs> steep tube and then go through a fucking loop and go shooting out the other end. Um, and this Sounds is, they like had to fun. put like padding. They had to put Person padding on died the top on that because James. when you was when you would fly through, you know, when you go up around the thing, then you would fall onto the top of the, of the circle. Mm-hmm. So they had to put padding there, but then people were getting like scraped by it whenever they would go by and they were like, what is scraping everyone? And then they like opened it up and there was like all these teeth embedded in the padding because people were losing teeth. And so people were going sliding by <laughs> and getting like, cut by the teeth and stuff. Oh, wow. That's... That's awesome. Yeah, they had, they had like a cliff jump. Yeah, so anyway, they had just all these crazy rides. They had this like alpine slide that you just get on a plastic like I don't know, toboggan and go down this like these stone paths down the side of a mountain, but then there was nothing to really hold you in. So if you got going too fast, you could just like fly off the track and hit rocks and shit. So it's <laughs> pretty much like for people who live in BC, it's like the wild mouse, but like it literally threw you off. Yeah, it's just, it's banana. It seems bananas. But anyway, Chris Gethardt is on there getting interviewed because he went there when he was a kid. So there's some funny interviews with comedians that I guess were from Jersey. And the, so, I can't remember her name, but the one comedian, she's like, she's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was totally dangerous and they should never have allowed it. But on the other hand, on the other hand if you couldn't handle it, like get the fuck out of Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> so bro, Chris Gethard, he is one of my absolute favorite human beings in the entire world. He, to me, Chris Gethard has the greatest voice. I love listening to him just talk about stuff. Uh, yeah. He's, he's pretty just, funny on he's on there. He's so great. Like everything he does is pretty much the best to me. He is like on that like Mount Rushmore of just human being. Well, you should probably watch this documentary. Oh, guess I'm gonna have to. The other thing I watched real quick was the that new Denzel Washington movie, The Little mm-hmm. Things, with uh, Jared Leto and Rami Malek. The movie um, I was super excited to watch until I heard how much it sucked. I didn't think it sucked. It's nothing special or original. Um, but if you're in the mood for this kind of dark detective serial killer type movie, it's totally watchable. It's just not going to like fucking blow your hair back or anything. Like there's nothing really particularly new going on. So my opinion of this film is I haven't watched it yet is that I am absolutely going to be 100% there for it. 
Yeah, like, no, like I, just, I, I enjoyed watching it. Like I didn't think it was bad. It just I don't need to. Like to me, if the, I don't know, there, there's this thing where it's like when prestige actors are in a thing, it's supposed to be this kind of amazing, like life altering experience. <laughs> but sometimes I'm just kind of there for an amazing procedural where things just happen in a really good way where like it's shot really well and the actors are really good. Like, yeah, exactly. Like it's not, it's just not going to reach you, you know, levels like it's not going to be a new seven or anything like that. It's yeah, just, it's not Zodiac. It's, it's, it's totally it's just, watchable. It's just something that's really, really good to watch. And I, I think there's a problem with um like with film criticism where like, why can't something just be that? Why can't things just be good to watch? Like, just fun. Because it's boring. It's, it's not boring. I, I think that's the. I think that's the point. Is that I don't that know. It's boring. I, I'll, I'll say this, Dustin. You can get. You you can tell me what you think. But it's not that the movie's a movie is boring. It's just not. It's it's just not at the at the peak of the of of of, of, of that genre. It's just like I mean, why can't just you, the film you, be sometimes good? Sometimes you just want a delicious snack without having to like you know. Yeah. I don't know. I want a sour key. I just want to, I just want something that's that's just like good to eat and it's like super empty calories. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it while I was watching it, and I you know so I'm not it, gonna it's like a it. it's like a TV movie. Uh, yeah, except with really good actors and shot really well. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm I don't know, especially if you like these kind of these kind of serial killer detective things. I think mm-hmm. it's you're gonna at least find it to be passably entertaining. I'm totally down for it. Like I, I just think it's ridiculous that everything doesn't need to be like a yeah. It's not going to like be a like a PTW film, a new True Detective or something. It's just, yeah. just also a, True Detective just a, fucking just sucked after the first season. So like the third I, season was pretty good. Come on, third season is pretty good. Nothing can compete with the first season though. No. So for me, I watched nothing. Uh, just watch Justified, so I'm just gonna pass on everything. All Nothing right, interesting. Bringing the excitement. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Ringing in, ringing in, uh, ringing in the fun. James, what do you got? I watched uh, quite a bit of stuff. I actually watched some stuff that uh, both you guys have mentioned. I watched um, Ace Ventura. Nice. <laughs> and uh, so I watched on Netflix, and so apparently, whatever version Netflix got, it doesn't have the part where. He does a like, oh, you talk to dolphins? Like, does he call you at home? Yeah, I saw you posted that. What is up with that? It So it cut it out? Yeah, that scene's not in there at all. That's one of my favorite scenes of the movie. I know. Where is Snowflake? Why do you care about the dolphin? Do you know him? Does he call you at home? Do you have a dorsal fin? To train the dolphin, you must think like the dolphin. You must be getting inside the dolphin's head and communicating. I'm saying to Snowflake, Ake, 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 Ake. And he is saying, Ake, Ake. And he is up on the tail. And you can quote him. Yeah, but didn't someone reply on there that it was like that scene was only in the VHS release or something? It wasn't actually in the theatrical release of the movie. Apparently, I mean, I wouldn't know. I don't. I. Oh, I'm pretty sure I saw it in the theater. I don't know. I, I was in grade. The, I saw it in the theater too, but I don't remember if that scene was in there. I'm pretty sure I was in grade eight when that came out. 
like 1995. Yeah, yeah I definitely rented it. Oh, we rented a lot, but I don't know. Oh yeah, I watched That's that. A, that I love so you posted that on our uh, on our Instagram and I watched it and then I went and watched it online multiple times because that scene is fucking hilarious. It's great. That that <laughs> movie <laughs> That movie is still great. I still think it's hilarious. Man, you know, I went I remember going to see that and I for some reason I didn't think it was going to be funny and I don't even know why I went to it. And then the opening sequence when he's kicking the fucking package down the hallway. Yeah. I was like dying <laughs> and then, you know, the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. Uh so I watched that and then I also watched Airheads. Oh shit, yeah. Oh yeah. Taking oh. pictures of B Arthur, man. Yeah, so <laughs> so that was good cuz I didn't remember watching it. I remember watching it, but I never I didn't remember what happened. So So I feel like for that, James, I feel like you were just like you were just kind of out like just a little bit outside of that. Like you were a little bit too young. Yeah, I was too young. I'm airheads. too young now for most of the shit you guys talk about, so. <laughs> but but Airheads was wasn't like Revelant that like we like it was a thing like some like Billy Madison or like Happy Gilmore right yeah like Airheads was like this kind of like thing that I loved when I was like when it came out yeah but it wasn't as popular as everything else right yeah I mean that was just before Sandler blew up right so that yeah. was his first I think it was I mean first, what a, like, what a three piece Brendan Fraser Steve Buscemi and fucking Adam Sandler in a band together. <laughs> Great. That movie fucking rules. Yeah, the Lone Rangers. <laughs> the Lone Rangers. I love that movie. And there's naked, so many fucking people in that movie. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah man. Naked pictures of B. Arthur. But I like it's like that movie. Yeah, that movie's fucking that's an awesome, great movie. Yeah, so I don't know. I've been on a nineties comedy kick lately. So um Oh yeah. Well I did what I didn't mention it, but I did watch Groundhog Day this week as well, which of course is a classic nineties. Nice. Comedy. Yeah, I that's definitely that's isn't that eighties? No, ninety-three. Ninety-three. Really? Um yeah, so I was also strolling strolling. <laughs> Not strolling. I was scrolling through the channels and uh I stopped and watched a little bit of The Fugitive. Oh, yeah. I don't know why, but I was like, I remember John being saying like, oh, this movie sucks. So no, I like, didn't say that. It doesn't I'm, suck. I'm like, I oh, it. I watch it. I'm like, you know what? This is entertaining for a movie. This is like a cut and paste Harrison Ford movie, right? I never said the movie the sucked. I what I bring up constantly is the scene in the tunnel. Yeah, and he's like, I, I didn't kill my wife, and then fucking what's his name, Tommy Lee Jones is like, I don't care. I don't care. And then Harrison Ford jumps over the waterfall. Like that's like one of my favorite scenes. I I love when Tommy Lee Jones just delivering that line of "I don't care" is I love it. I love it so much. Oh, it's amazing. But uh, other than that, I mean, so I watched the movie we're going to talk about um, soon. I watched that last night, and then as soon as that was over, what is on TV but Roadhouse? So. I got to Road watch. House. I got to watch a double feature. Sam Elliott. Sam, yeah. So you stayed up to watch uh, Roadhouse. Yeah. So watch. I mean, how Roadhouse. Well, I mean, of- didn't realize there's so in the Shakedown, 
the one guy's name's Dalton. So it's like yeah. two Daltons, two Peter Sam Weller, Elliots. Peter Weller's Dalton. All right, well, like Patrick Swayze's Dalton. Let's let's keep talking about this on the other side. Let's just uh, roll the trailer for Shakedown, and we'll we'll figure this out. One thing I promise not to do in this courtroom is to pretend to you that I am representing Snow White for a client, an overworked lawyer. Once upon a time, all I planned to do was play the tennis sax forever. An undercover cop. This gun is clean. No serial numbers. They're up against a city where the bad guys have taken over. My client will make bail. And the good guys are the worst of all. You cops, you're the best that money can buy. Fifty K a month in evidence disappears. Plan on taking down an army? I don't know yet. Hang on tight, partner. Oh, I see. The ride gets rougher than this. You betcha. It's just the way I like it. Better watch out. Peter Weller. You're gonna miss me when I'm gone, babe. Sam Elliott. I know what you're thinking. I'm old and slow. Shake down. Whatever you do, don't call the cops. And we're All right. back. <laughs> All right, Dustin. <laughs> you picked this movie. I did, yeah. 1988 Shakedown starring uh, Peter Weller and Sam Elliott. What a, com- uh, what a combo. Okay, can you two things? One, what's this movie about? And can you tell me why you picked it? Yeah, well, I'll give you the synopsis. Uh, when a local drug dealer shoots a dishonest cop in self-defense, lawyer and renegade undercover cop join forces to clear him. But when their investigation leads them into a maze of greed and corruption, they learn that in a town where everything is for sale, anything can happen. Really? There you go. Hmm. So why, does what, that make why the did you, plot any more clear? It's pretty no. clear. So why did you pick it? Uh, I just been wanting to watch it for a while. I remember seeing it on the video store shelf when I was a kid, but for some reason never rented it. And, really, uh, you didn't under, you didn't rent a uh, like a like a uh, racially fraught uh, procedural when you were uh, in your early teens? Well, no, but I would have rented it based on the cover, you know, more so than whatever it said on the, the back. So I will say that this is one of the greatest like cover shots of any movie we've ever picked. You think so? I don't know. I, that's, that's going far. I really love it. I, I like it. I mean, it very, I, like, I like, it very much typifies a certain period of time. And, and I like it a lot. I feel like this movie, while it varies wildly on, um, on what you would expect from it, the, the people who put the graphics together for the, the, the cover or like at least the poster I saw like knew what they were doing. Yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, I was into it for sure. Uh, but this is, I should mention, this is the same director, James Glickenhaus, that uh, did The Exterminator. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> which, which is way down on our list. But uh, did you guys notice at the beginning when he goes to see Sam Elliott at the movie theater and they're exiting the theater, there are posters on the wall for Exterminator and for another movie called The Soldier, which was also directed by... James Glickenhaus. Oh, I think Dustin. I was too busy you trying to read all the graffiti everywhere. 
Dustin, I have notes for this movie. You do? And that is absolutely on my notes list. Oh, John's got notes. I mean, yeah. I can't help but look at all the marquees when they're driving down these New York streets with all these movie theaters and see what's playing. Right. I, I got Exter- Exterminator and the Soldiers posters in the theater lobby, not once, but twice. Yeah, yeah, more than once. <laughs> and then when they walk out, what I think is really cool, though, is actually when they walk out of the theater uh, and they have multiple showings of Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 uh, on the marquee on the movie theater across the street. Yeah. Uh, did you notice that? Yeah, I saw the Nightmare on Elm Street And they have a Death, there was a, Death there was Wish a, 4. And yeah, an Ameri- four. There was a and, Goldberg one. And American and and an American Justice. Oh, which movie is that? American Justice. That's for you to figure out, bud. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll figure that out later. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I just chose it because uh, I also had read a few things about it lately that made it sound like it was kind of wacky fun, and you know, I like I like my wacky fun. So uh, it was kind of weird watching it because I, I honestly. I didn't know if it was like a, a Death Wish, Dirty Harry movie mixed with like an episode of Law and Order. <laughs> yeah, well, it, that's the thing. It goes vacillates between like courtroom drama and then, you know, kind of lethal weapony action scenes. Uh, and you, do, you do get a bit of that New York sleaze in there too, like the Exterminator. Yeah, and this is this is kind of something that like we talk about. I think that we we've talked about on the on the podcast like multiple times, but I, I don't think we've ever like talked about how like, how much we. I think we all kind of really love it. Like I know I really love it, which is that truly dirty New York nineteen eighties vibe. Yeah, seventies eighties New York sleazy movies. I absolutely love it. Um, and I mean, this is getting towards the end of the era where that was still a thing, but they still had all these theaters here and these weird porn shops. And they end up going into that like weird porn theater thing at one point later well, Sam on. Elliott's like living in it. Yeah. He's like living in a theater. Yeah. Sleeping. But in like, seats. I, I don't know. I, it's, it's that, I love that time of film where like New York is this very set place with, with this grit, with this grime, with this dirt where like the, the trains are going to work and they're, they're, they're going to be a certain way. I mean, like the warriors and all that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm, I kind of love that. Like that's the way when I was growing up, that's the way I viewed New York. Right. Right. Like I think, I don't know if I don't want to speak for you, Dustin, but like, that's the way I think that we all kind of saw it. Cause we kind of grew up with. Oh, absolutely. I thought it was like this, like crazy hellhole, like apocalyptic wasteland of a, of a giant city. Right. Because all these movies depicted, I mean, it was like a super crime ridden city at one point. Yeah. And, um, and I think that viewing, viewing these movies through that lens and the way that these, the, the way they, they, they made these films was a genre like almost in in and of itself and i'm i kind of is it bad that i missed that like i love i know but that's why that's why i love watching these kinds of movies because you get to dip back into that sort of yeah i'm glad people are safe now but right also (laughs) safer anyway it was a lot of fun to have like that world because that world that it's world a, like it's a great cinematic world. It's like a, yeah. it's in this weird wasteland, right? Yeah, and what's really great about I, what I like, I love this. 
I'm not gonna say I love this movie, but what I, I really like about this movie is is that this is one of the only movies that we've watched that's making a third path. Like you've got uh, this really disgusting, dirty, sleazy world. Okay, then you've got like good cops on the other side, and you got this third path, which is like sleazy, dirty, dirty cops. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I felt like most of the cops were dirty in this yeah, movie. I don't and think there's movie, any good cops other than Sam other Elliott. Other than Sam Elliott, yeah. I, I'm, 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 what I'm saying is Sam Elliott's the only good cop. But what I'm saying is, is that I feel like this movie is trying to actually make a bigger point about what was happening and what is happening. And I mean, Sam Elliott is kind of an enabler of these other guys because, like, he knows everything that's going on. Yeah, he's uh, well, it's a weird, it's a man. I don't even know where to start talking about it because it's a strange movie. Like, the plot is kind of all over the fucking place. Oh, totally. I I don't really understand even what the relationship between uh, Dalton, Peter Weller's character, and Sam Elliott are in the beginning of the movie because. Dalton is a defense lawyer for well, he's seemingly he's, for small time criminals, right? No, no. So he's no, he is a he, he works for a big law firm, but he he's does? doing yeah, he does. But he's doing a month, I of think it is pro or whatever bono work of pro bono work because whoa, so the rule. Are, uh, are you sure that's what's going yes. on? I thought he works for a, no. not a big law firm. No, he works he does these kinds of cases, but he's leaving it because his fiance's dad no. is a big no, shot so, on Wall Street, and so he's leaving his job for a cushy Wall Street I'm, job. I'm pretty sure that he is a just a straight up lawyer, but I think I don't know how things work in Canada. But in the States, I think that everybody has to do a certain amount of pro bono work. And he's coming I, to the... I, I, gotta, I gotta disagree that that's what's going on. Because even later when he has ask, these arguments with well, his James, what do you think? ex-girlfriend, and then now current, again, girlfriend, she's like mad at him because he's thinking of leaving this life that he's so... This is what he's good at, is defending these small-time criminals and who these need scumbags. No, I think that what happens is that he is is doing this like part, like to like I I could be totally wrong. I mean, yeah, I, like, I, I gotta let, I gotta disagree. <laughs> okay, sh- shut the fuck up, Dustin. So, um, so what what I get what I the what I thought was happening was is that he is going through his last bit of doing pro bono work as like part of like his like what he has to do. And then he decides he's going to continue this case where he could have left it. He made a conscious choice. Some James, listeners write, write in and tell us. Yeah, James, what did you glean? Well, I think he's doing some kind of pro bono work in the sense of like, um, because he meets with the assistant or the under of the assistant district attorney. Um to, I guess, horse trade uh, yeah, files. In, the, in, a, in a way too small of a, a part. Yeah. I think it's kind of unclear because there is this tie-in to her, his fiance, girlfriend, whatever, um, dad's law firm and making him a partner possibly. But then he's also going to just leave all of that to go to Wall Street to not, deal with this type of law anymore and deal more with like wall street law so there's a so. part where it, i 
I could be totally wrong and we can we can move on from this because it's not it's not a, a fun conversation but there's a part where he has a choice where he doesn't have to continue with this case because his time is up he's put in enough hours doing pro bono stuff right where he can go back to just being a lawyer and he chooses to stay and help a, a, and defend this guy so i'm pretty sure to me that's what i feel like like happens i was kind of um, hoping you know in the courtroom he would wear the robocop uniform <laughs> and be like robocop lawyer did like just that'd be amazing <laughs> and he's trying to like talk to the jury <laughs> It'd be really funny if he had an argument like on screen with the director, like it was a complete aside where he's like, "No, you don't." So I no, got no, the no. suit in the trunk. It's a, cross, it's a, it's a crossover, it and the director's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like, <laughs> this was the only one year later, right after RoboCop, uh, and he plays a, a very different character. And I had a lot, a lot of fun watching Peter Weller in this movie. He's so great. Like, how is Peter Weller not a bigger name? He's like, got yeah. such a chiseled face. Yeah. He also has a very wet face where <laughs> no. his face looks moist all the time. I did feel the balance was a little off in terms of we spent more time with Peter Weller than we did, did with Sam Totally, Elliott. totally. Oh, and yeah, I would have liked to have seen more of an even approach on that. Yeah, because I want to see Sam, Sam Elliott, you know, cracking skulls. Sam Elliott <laughs> yeah, wasn't get a little bit of that. Sam Elliott wasn't, wasn't betting dames as much as Peter Weller was. That's yeah. true. Peter you Weller, know, Peter, Peter Weller. When you and see, then he's also having an affair with this other yeah. lady. Yeah. You know when you see Peter Weller and you're like, oh, that guy fucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you see well, Sam yeah, Elliott. I, guess, I mean, Sam You see Elliott Sam Elliott and you're like, like he, that guy doesn't fuck. He looked like he just climbed out of a dumpster. So. <laughs> Sam Elliott's fucking living at a triple uh, a X theater. Well, that's because Sam Elliott, like, he's a vet of all this stuff. He's just like, I've been there, done that, you know. He's trying to give, like, advice to, um, what's his name, Dalton. Trying to give advice to him. And it just, I don't know, the whole, all the romance shit, it's just like, give me a fucking break. We don't need to know, hey, you need, this was your problem when we dated kind of crap. Like, fuck off. Yeah, I could so, do with less of that and more Sam Elliott for sure. Yes. What I yes. loved about this movie, though, is like, it's incredibly blunt. Like, they deal with things very bluntly, very matter of fact. Um, they deal with like race relations, racism, um, bias in the police force, like, in a way that, like, I was actually kind of shocked to see. In a way that I feel like movies nowadays don't even deal with as much. What yeah. do you guys think about that? The cops do, you know, they do portray the cops like, hey, they're kind of pieces of shit. And like right off the bat, after kind the of. Scene, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, after the opening scene where, you know, the guy that, that Peter Weller is defending, the drug dealer guy, uh, played by Richard Brooks, like right in that opening scene after we come back, after, they, after they've shot each other and the cops show up on the scene, like right away you get you get that they're like, racist and like yeah so i i think it does to to stop you right there um can we go back to the beginning and just kind of can you give us a rundown of like the how the movie plays out like what's going on right yeah well that's the first thing i remember seeing is the is the drug deal scene right so yeah well before you 
one second before that we have the uh don't we have the the scene where peter weller is making breakfast oh he makes himself his his shake yeah so, <laughs> which so this is the 80s my question thing, eh? like my have... question of this is why does the 80s love blender so much they love showing somebody drink a weird blended <laughs> drink on, in these yeah movies. it's oj milk coffee and egg yeah i honestly Wait. thought like that opening scene it's like is this like a like a fairly ferris bueller's day off kind of like well there's so, like wacky kind of comedy stuff yeah it's it's a funny thing about that though because i was like i wrote that down i in my notes and i was like oh that's so fucked up and then he says it's orange julius at home oh, and then yeah, and then I remembered that when I was in grade eight home ec on my in cooking, you did this. We literally did this. <laughs> you made orange Julius's. Yes, and that's without the coffee. I I, I believe is <laughs> is what we did. But it's funny because I had never had an orange that. Julius before. I'm sure we've seen multiple movies where one of the main characters makes himself a weird blended shake like yeah we did um uh fucking what's still cold does he do it no no yeah what's the what's the steven seagal movie scorpio uh he does something like that with the gun (laughs) and the serial killer and the serial killer very little to go on not steven seagal sorry um yeah steven seagal with the gun with the serial killer cobra Oh, that's, that's not Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> so sorry, Sylvester that's Stallone. That's the other piece of shit you hate. Yeah, yeah. So Cobra, he did that too. Cobra, he? he does that, but yeah. it's. Um, I'm pretty sure Mel Gibson, not Mel Gibson. Oh, he doesn't do yeah. it. Yeah, does Gibson do it in Lethal Weapon? I feel like this is yeah. tons of movies where a it's in, it is. I have it in my notes. And it literally says my notes say '80s loves putting shit in blenders. <laughs> okay, so like, what would they do today? Just skip breakfast. Yeah, they would. Well, no, they would drink like a fucking yuhu or whatever the fuck. Eat, eat a bar. They eat, eat a bar. Yeah, eat a bar. Drink a coffee. Yeah, they would do. They would put. They would put uh, butter in their coffee. Have a bullet coffee and like be on their way. <laughs> Black coffee with some tomato slices. Um, but yeah, like that's how the movie starts. But like, man, it's like blenders must have been invented in the eighties because they love blenders. But yeah, that opening scene is like it's. That's the funny thing about this movie too is like the tone is all over the place. It's so you, you get it's that everywhere. Scene, it's kind of funny, right? And then, and then we is it funny for? Hold on, sorry, to, sorry to cut you off. Is it funny for us? <laughs> yeah, like, no, I think it's supposed. Was to be it funny, funny, or was it funny for the time? No, I think it was supposed to be a comedic tone. Uh, and then you get to the drug deal, and things get way more serious. It's kind of spooky. This guy's selling drugs in the park at night. Uh, this weird guy in a Canadian tuxedo comes up, or a blue a blue, a blue jean cop, as yeah. they uh, refer to it. Which apparently this is the that's the international title of this movie everywhere except North America. So yeah. so what, sorry, let's just talk about that for a second because this interests me. Blue jean cop is only a blue jean cop if they have a certain type of jeans, though. Like their jeans have to be of a certain brand. Is that? Did they say that? No, wasn't he referring to like a blue jean cop? Is I thought a, they just meant like a plain clothes. Like a no, oh, no, no, no. They, they refer to something like they say that like the the they say that the cop had a certain 
um, brand of jeans on where like the, the jeans were um, more expensive than the, than a normal cop could just afford. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was something to do with like, cause he, doesn't he later call Sam Elliott a blue jean cop because he's just like a street cop who's in undercover clothing. I, I feel like we're getting hung up on the whole lawyer, pro, lawyer pro, pro bono thing again. <laughs> I feel like we're, I want to, I want to, I want to unravel this blue. No, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. We, we do, we, I'm sorry. And I definitely get dragged down on this. Uh, I get caught up in these like weird deep, like super dumb details where nay doesn't. I mean, we're just trying to, we're just trying to understand what these terms mean in the movie, but yeah, totally. um, I totally get it. By yeah, the way, so what I, t- I took it as to meaning a street cop, but you guys always you took it as something. No, else. I I I felt it meant a certain type of street cop though, where it was like jeans they couldn't afford. Yeah, it's a it's a certain type of street cop that's not involved in the higher up like the of the takes like taking the evidence and stuff. They think that they can you know hold up a drug dealer or something. Uh, because they want to get extra money. So it's kind of like, a, I don't know, yeah, something for, to that effect. It was a kind of a strange movie too, because at least for me, like I wasn't connecting the two storylines very much in my mind. Like, okay, uh, Peter Weller is defending the drug dealer who shot this cop in self-defense. Um, but what does that have to do with all the dirty cops? Other than the fact that obviously the cops are all out to get this guy. because Well, they're all off. pissed, yeah. Well, so, and that's why this whole other storyline of these dirty yeah, cops of Sam 100%. Elliott, and I was like, they're not really connecting super clearly for me throughout the movie. But that's why it's a more it's it's a longer version of like a fucking procedural, like it's a it's a Law and Order type thing, right? Like Peter Weller's like, so, hold on, I have a note at the end of this movie where it's like this movie's woke as fuck because like. For the time, for 1988, this movie is, like, super aware of what's going on. It's super ahead of its time. And it's all about, like, the police uh, in New York, well, everywhere. But, but, like, how cops are, it, it's it's all racist. It's, like, it's like institutionalized racism It's and all this yeah, kind of I stuff. Mean, I mean, there's that. And then there's, like, the whole, you know, boys in blue protecting each other kind of shit. Yeah. And, like, this like movie. was never in any movies. I mean. No, it's not. But this movie is actually. I, I feel like this movie's kind of a step ahead of a lot of stuff. And being, like. It's a little less afraid to just paint the cops as bad. I, I would say it's movie. not a little. I'd say it's it's way ahead of its time. Compared I mean, to everything other, else, there were other movies certainly where there were dirty cops. But what this also, kind of, this this kind of paints it like almost all the cops are dirty. Yeah, but they're was, pretty. It, like ninety nine percent of them are dirty. But it was painting the cops that were dirty as being like truly bad guys. Yeah, like yeah. there's no yeah. redeeming qualities of them. Like well, a lot of you movies didn't like that, that mullet cool. cop. <laughs> Yeah, the mullet cop. We definitely need to get to the mullet cop. Where's that fat fuck that was like, that was my brother. It's like, fuck you. But some of these connections were kind of weird. Like, I had fun watching the movie. I don't want to make it sound negative. Like, I had a really good time. But, like, there were just weird plot things where I was like, okay, so what is the connection to fucking Huggy Bear? Because we got uh, Huggy Bear from fucking Starsky and Hutch is this other drug dealer. Yeah. 
who owns this weird nightclub, which was yeah. <laughs> kind of fucking weird. That yeah, this mo- it's not the movie's not perfect. The movie is definitely like has its problems. Like, so like, is he the guy at the end though? Yes, he's the guy yeah, that's the guy escaping that with fucking. With okay, so like, okay, so there's there's a bunch of stuff I want to bring up, but okay, so one of these things is. <laughs> Okay, it doesn't make sense to me. The movie doesn't it, make sense. No, it no, doesn't. It makes zero sense. Okay, so they they have this bust along with Sam Elliott with right. the with of the, the mullet club. with the mullet cop and his like cronies his yeah. whatever at the club. Okay, so then they they say to the head drug dealer guy. Yeah, we're going to take you downtown. And then they take this other guy that's having sex with some woman in the corner behind a curtain and like taser him. But then it turns out, no, the mullet cop is actually like buddies with the yeah, head he, like, drug works, dealer. He works for that drug dealer. I think so like, what the, the point of that is that they kill everybody except for the except for the drug, the like the main guy. Like, yeah, so but that, except for that guy, the main like sailor is like, what are you doing? That I shouldn't that, have happened. My boss think, is upset. I think that's supposed to show like this this idea of like black drug dealers are dumb. Like it's I, it's, if anything, it shows these white cops are fucking morons. It's, I, it's Antonio Fargus, by the way, the guy that was Huggy Bear from Starsky and Hutch. His whole part in the movie is strange, though, because yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah. Okay, it doesn't make, so it doesn't make big, any he's sense. The big bad guy and the cop or the cops. The, are the cops are the bad guys, but this movie is um, like is trying to walk that line. This is why the movie doesn't succeed, is because it, it's trying to walk this line between being like the cops are bad but also the 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 drug dealers are bad right you know what i mean like they're not oh, yeah, showing yeah, no it doesn't they're it doesn't not showing like let, uh, it doesn't like let the even the main drug dealer guy that's on trial like off the hook right like peter weller has those scenes where he confronts him about selling the poison to the kids and yeah, yeah which okay I don't, like that, I don't like that though see <laughs> he deserves because because like sorry james you go ahead Sorry. Okay, so I feel like they were on to something. He was on to something when he's trying to defend this guy who shot the cop in self-defense, okay? He admits at the beginning, he's like, yeah, no, I know, he's a drug dealer. He like, I'm not trying to cover up. He's a drug dealer. He's done all these things, okay? But he did not, like, kill this cop for no reason. It was self-defense, okay? So he's... He's like has some kind of like honor of like he I don't want him to go to jail for something he didn't do. Okay. Then his wife is like, this guy's a you know, his fiance is like, this guy's a piece of shit. Nobody gives yeah, nobody gives a weird scene where she gets really mad at him. Yeah, nobody gives a fuck if this guy goes to jail and all this stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, Well, no, he didn't do it. But then he has that scene later where he's like, Oh, you're a pusher to kids and stuff. It's so like, I think they're my, like John is saying, like they wanted to, yes, these cops are bad and dirty, but also that doesn't mean the drug dealers are good. Right. Well, I don't think they're, I didn't get that the drug dealer was good at all. Yeah. I, I think the movie just doesn't want you to like get too behind the drug dealer and be like, yeah, he's the victim and all this kind of thing. No, no. The drug dealer is like nothing 
to me okay. in this movie. So, so this is this is my theory. Okay, James, I wanted you to get on the horn. I want you to find the writer of the, this film. The writer of this film? Yeah, he, the guy who wrote this film. I think we just do rewrites so, right here. Okay, so here's my 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 opinion: is that this guy wrote the guy who wrote this film, or a woman who wrote this film, was a Paul Verhoeven type, right? Like sub subversive. Well, I think James Glickenhaus wrote it himself, and then I think it got yeah, he up did. Maybe. He wrote yeah. it himself. So what I'm thinking is that is that is that this movie was actually far more negative towards the people in power like the cops the like the judges like everybody right um and they put that shit in afterwards as a way to to like make it more palatable for like the average person to be like no we need to come down on the drug dealers and all that kind of stuff like if paul verhoven had made this film it would have been like like the drug dealers would have been like the good guys. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't it, think I, it's necessarily a bad way to go to sort of show the both sides of the, the negatives of both sides. It just in, in this movie, they don't handle it in a way that's super slick or anything like, so, I mean, that's the whole thing. Like the plot all through this is super unwieldy and it feels like it's just like, we cut back and forth between these court drama scenes. And then we get like a big action weird scene where like, you know, we get like the heavy that works for the drug dealer going to the movie theater. And he like has a fucking Uzi that comes out of his sleeves. And like all of a sudden then it feels like, Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like that guy. Yeah. That was cool. And like, if we had more scenes like that and then even, even just one or two more, because there are like three or four set pieces like that, but they're spread between these like long, court scenes that aren't particularly compelling courtroom scenes like at the end of the movie jumping way ahead they find they find the guy not guilty the drug dealer for killing the cop but i'm like but why <laughs> there yeah. was never any evidence presented exactly that would make them do that at no point does he bring any proof in that the guy didn't didn't kill the cop. Okay, well, let's pull back for a second, though. Uh, yeah, I, I know. know like, I agree. All the different shit, like, so they, the cops, like, open up their trunk at one point, and they have grenades. Yeah, I That's guess. That's just, like, totally cool. <laughs> cops have grenades in the 80s. Standard issue, John. Hey, yeah, it's the 80s. Yeah, you got like, your bazooka, you got your grenades. Yeah. I mean, why not? What's the problem? <laughs> I where yeah where where's the issue here? <laughs> so uh, you're a cop that, and you're in a high speed pursuit, you've got to like throw a grenade at a guy. Yeah. <laughs> I will say it's a hell of an uh, uh, electrocution kill there near the end. Yeah, where uh, the guy gets electrocuted. Oh yeah, he gets fried on the bed. On the bed, yeah. I mean. Oh, is that near the end? No, that's like the guy that was like the rat that the, it was working with. Yeah, it's like cops. in the middle. But I don't even understand Whatever. this because these cops are already working for this drug dealer. So why would he send his main heavy guy, his big hitter, to go kill this rat that was working with the dirty cops? Hey, this is what I mean. I don't understand. Dustin, how about you go write movies, you dumb bitch? <laughs> I know. Yeah, so, you're, you're sitting here living. It's real living, easy. Living here, you're not doing nothing. Write a movie. 
I do want to talk about um, this interesting scene where Sam Elliott, he's fishing and then those guys show up (laughs) and the one guy kind of looks like the, um, the main like bad guy in um, dirty Harry, the the first one. And he even says, Sam Elliott says a line that is supposed to be, I guess like a tribute to Dirty Harry. Cause he's like, he's holding the one guy and he says to the other guy, he says, what are you going to do? Or I got one question for you. What are you going to do? And the guy just runs. Right. Like that's a stupid question. I think it was probably supposed to be a play on Dirty Harry because it was probably supposed to be like a a funny joke. Like, Oh, he runs away instead of like having a confrontation. I mean, you do get a like, you know, a somewhat fun fight scene on a roller coaster. I thought that part was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> he goes off the fucking tracks and crashes into the concession stand. I mean, it's got some fun, goofy stuff. Yeah. And even the previous scene, like when the guy has the Uzis come out of his sleeves and then they get in that car chase, <laughs> Sam Elliott's like hanging off a light pole and then, you know, falling down. Oh, like, totally. And then. When he- when he jumped and the light pole like fell over, I'm like, what the fuck is this movie? <laughs> exactly. I literally, I literally have a note. Place. I have a note right here where it says roller coaster death. What the fuck? <laughs> that was so fun. <laughs> but then when he chases this guy, they, they end up like driving through this homeless encampment. And then yeah. the guy like goes off the bridge and then Sam Elliott like hanging off the bridge. Like, yeah. Sh- fucking gas he shoots the motorcycle and then he shoots the car because they steal the motorcycle from the bikers and it's just like so yeah i mean sam if there was more sam elliott doing crazy shit because he gets to do all the crazy shit well peter weller is with him for that part though he's like he's like you shoot and i'll drive like as if he's like if you know how to use a gun he's like i'm a new yorker of course i do yeah (laughs) and it's like he's a lawyer he's not even another cop (laughs) He's just like <laughs> teamed up with a cop. Okay. Shooting at which, people. Which reminds me. Okay. So towards the end where Sam Elliott comes into that interrogation room and shoots two cops. Yeah. And nothing, day, nothing fucking happens. Nothing happens. What the I thought, okay, so I thought that was supposed to be late at night. Like, like Peter Weller has snuck. Like I thought Peter Weller has snuck back into the, the storage evidence storage area. Yeah, like stealing this stuff at night because it's like all dark in there. Yeah, exactly. And then they they catch him and the three cops and they tie him to the chair and they're gonna fucking kill him. And then the one cop leaves the room to go downstairs and he's like, "When I set off the fire alarm, then like, shoot." That's him. when you shoot him. But when he, as soon as he starts going down the stairs, I'm like, "Oh, it's fucking the middle of the day. This is happening like in the middle of the day. It's a bright, bright light out." Like. <laughs> I thought they were doing this at night and no one was around. No, <laughs> I could have sworn it was at night because he was he was outside and then he climbed outside. It was dark out. So then it's just a complete continuity so, like, fuck up. No, I think they just were beating the shit out of him all night. All night long? Is I, that what we're supposed to believe? I guess. I mean, it's just so bizarre. Because they're like, just... why did you come back here? He was trying to get the tape. He has learned. He learned that that the drug dealer guy taped the whole thing that happened on his, uh, his boom box. So like, 
uh, it, it just makes like all these things in this movie that don't make any fucking sense. The other thing is like there's a reference to the mullet cop being like the new young guy at the station and even like the drug dealers like oh you're the new guy or something like this is how we do business this way i what was the old guy like <laughs> you know you want a you want a prequel movie well see. it's just like this mullet guy is like a psychopath yeah i mean you know he's all, like he's like amazing yeah i mean he's like ricky from uh or uh richie what is it richie Richie from Out for Justice? Yeah, it's like Richie. Richie's like a psychopath in that movie, right? Yeah, yeah. This cop is like that. Yeah, he, he kind of is, right? Like, we don't... Every scene with him and his guys, they're just like full-bore, like, maniacs, kind of. We yeah. also have that scene where he goes to see Huggy Bear, and there's like a race, a street race going on, and then like the one car blows up for some reason. Yeah, it blows up. I rewound that part because I was like, did I miss something? Did they like put a bomb on the one guy's car? No, he like, just, no, it just, he just blows up. He just blows up. <laughs> They're just like I mean, betting on these races, and that guy happened to blow up. I mean, that right there should tell you you shouldn't street race, kids. There it is. Right? That's the lesson. That's the lesson. So, you know, educational. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I had a lot of fun because the movie was so weird. Like, because it was jumping from different types of movie. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of fun to me. But I do have, you know, obviously the court stuff wasn't all that great compared to the action. No, because it just didn't fit. It was just like a completely different movie. So It would have been, been one thing like if they had done those sequences well, you know, because you can see a courtroom drama that's executed really well. But he didn't, like we were talking about, he doesn't present any evidence in the trial that would make the jury find the guy innocent. He gives the speech at one point and he like, he has like the guy come up on the stand and def and like say what he thought, you know, but like, why would the jury, that's not evidence, right? No, it, it's all hearsay shit. Like it's, it's uh, so I don't weird. know. It's I so mean, weird. The whole, the whole structure of it is bizarre because then even going back to like the love triangle stuff. Like, oh yeah. Like, why is that a part of the movie? Like it doesn't, <sighs> it doesn't serve the movie. Like we have him engaged to one woman. He then hooks up again with his ex and like, it's because they need a B story, right? They need a a love story. That's this is what all these types of movies do, right? You you have the action, and then your B story is some kind of love sure, story. Sure, sure, but it's not even a love story you could root for because no. he's like two timing this other woman, and it's like yeah, we're supposed to think that she's like this rich spoiled girl, and she's not good for him and stuff, which is fine. But it's just like handled in this weird way where I'm like, well, I don't, I'm not really on anyone's side in this situation. <laughs> but doesn't it turn out that she's way smarter than she's been letting on because she actually pretended that she was pregnant to see what he would do? Was that what we're supposed to be believe at the end when she says that she's lost the baby? Yeah. Well, doesn't she turn to him and say, I just wanted to see where, like, if you were actually fully in or you were fully like... Right. And then, you know, the movie, I think, makes a real big mistake where he's at that dinner with her family and everything. And then he stands up to give like, by the way, I'm I'm piecing out kind of yeah. moment. And it cuts away from it instead of showing us like wouldn't it have been more funny to see him deliver that news to everybody at the table. 
Hell yeah. And Sam Elliott's outside on a motorcycle. I'm like, I knew you <laughs> would. Ch- I, yeah. I knew you would make, cause he, he walks outside and he's like, Oh, well, what are you doing here? I knew you'd make the right choice. Yeah. I mean, but that's the whole thing is like, I still don't really understand why Sam Elliott was working with him in the first place because uh, yeah, what's not, their, their relationship? Cases, their cases don't seem to be remotely connected to each other. Because they're best bros. They went to high school together. <laughs> oh, they, they, did. Did. they went to college together. Does it say that in the movie, or are you just fucking with me? No, I'm pretty sure they went to college together. I don't know. But I do love Sam Elliott's story about <laughs> that girl. <laughs> he, like, the dog went out the window. Oh, oh that's in my, <laughs> that in my notes. And it's like, that's the most fucked up thing. And then, the, like... Sam oh, Elliott is a complete psychopath. Yeah. Because he just left. He just left and never came back. Like, He's like, dude, peace somehow. <laughs> I killed her explain, dog. Explain that story because that woman has now been left with like. Now, now she just thinks you murdered her dog and left. <laughs> no, but it's not <laughs> and even she's that. she's supposed to be the one, right? It's, it's also just like the most horrible thing where she's so confused. Like, what happened here? What happened? Yeah. But I do have to admit, too, it, it was pretty, there was some pretty decent gore just for that one moment when Sam Elliott bursts into that room and kills those two dirty cops. That yeah. Were, it was like, oh, that actually got violent here for a minute. <laughs> okay. So can we please get to the end with the jet? Oh, my God. Because <laughs> this is like, That's one this of the greatest is, endings I've ever seen. This is totally one of the greatest unexpected endings i never would have ever thought he would have jumped onto the the landing gear of a jet and it's not like you know we've seen you know movies where a guy gets on the landing gear but then he like climbs inside the plane somehow from there yeah he's just hanging on to the fucking just hanging on while they're way up in the fucking air oh totally and he's like shooting out the engine i'm like dude what do you think's going to happen after you've shot out the engine? There's nowhere to go. He doesn't fucking care, man. It's all about, uh, you he know, make- a parachute or anything. Yeah. He's Sam Elliott, man. That guy's, he wants to die on the job. He shoots out he, the engine. He's, he's all about the, getting the, that, the dirty cop and the mother car. cop and, and huggy bear are in there. Yeah. And then they make like, Oh, okay. We made a safe landing because they got the reland after. But meanwhile, Sam Elliott has jumped off the landing gear into the fucking water. Like where yeah. the statue of Liberty is. Yeah. He's fine. Uh, they almost and ran into the world trade center, by the way. I saw that. Just missed it. Just missed it. But he throws some grenades up in there. Like he throws grenades into the under. Oh man. The plane. I mean, it's, the green screen is amazing when it is out, amazing outside on that wheel and this is why i want to see the version of this movie where it's just sam elliott yeah or at least yeah make peter weller like his partner cop and get rid of all this fucking trial bullshit yeah oh, that would oh be you know fun. what you imagine them as tango and cash oh <laughs> that yeah, would be well, awesome are, right yeah totally well i think that's something that we should probably talk about is how Peter Weller is absolutely an unsung hero of the 80s action genre. Yeah, I mean, he did a lot of fun stuff around this time. And actually, just in the last couple of years, I've noticed I've been watching a lot of Peter Weller movies. 
um and some he's done some weird ass movies like he has that uh adventures of buckaroo bonsai Bonsai. across the eighth dimension we don't Uh, give i have that on vhs actually leviathan is really fun with him but i don't think that we give him enough credit like he's a legit great dude in movies like i i'd rather watch him in a movie than fucking like um i don't know james name somebody uh, Sylvester names. Stallone. Boom. Uh, oh yeah, he's in this horror movie called Of Unknown Origin that I watched a little while back. Oh, great movie! It, it's really fun, actually. I've he's, never seen it. He I, he like owns this. Up. He owns this like fancy ass house in New York. His wife and kid go out of town, and he like has a rat that's in the house that he's trying to get rid of, and he just like, ends up going to these extreme lengths to try to get rid of his rats. And he like ends up like destroying his entire house and shit. And it's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's actually, but the, is this an eighties movie? Yeah, or early that. But that fits so well into like what was happening then. Eighties was all about like kind of like pulling down and destroying like decadence and like wealth. Like it was. It was all about like just like kind of destroying the sense of like there's this group of people who have a lot of money and 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 kind of mocking it in a sense yeah yeah uh where where like that totally fits in the 90s is more about i don't know being edgy seattle (laughs) seattle rock and being alone yeah i mean i don't know that final sequence is mind-boggling like even yeah. you know even when we've already seen a couple crazy pretty like the action sequences are all that's the thing they're all so nutty in this movie yeah and then you just have like this romance stuff and this trial poorly executed trial drama stuff and then way bonkers action scene so it's uh, an interesting know. movie i mean it's a well-balanced film <laughs> is right, what you're rate, telling me let's rate this movie are you done you want to talk about this more I mean, I could talk about this for a long time because there's just so much crazy shit okay. to try. To I do want to talk about this. Through. I do want to talk about the scene where we are introduced to Sam Elliott at the at the porn theater. Yeah, well, is it a porn theater? I think he's just watching like some action movie. I think it's just a movie. Oh, theater. I do have a. I have on my list of like questions of like what. Ski movie is he watching? Yeah, I thought it was maybe a James Bond movie or something that was on the screen. Maybe it's one yeah. of his other movies, like one of the director's movies. Yeah, actually, that might be because he's obviously promoting his own shit in the background. I love that he does that though in those the in the theater. Like I, I thought that was really cool. I thought it was really fun. It was a, oh, yeah. it was a, it was a super fun nod to like other shit. So like I, I, mean, I give it to the guy. Yeah, it, it's. It's a bizarre movie where I don't feel like any of the things make any sense, really. <laughs> but I still had fun watching it. Like, I still so, had a good time. I can't say that this is a great movie. But I, I think this would make a real good double feature with, like, something like Action Jackson. Oh, yeah, so, totally. I'm sorry if I'm completely blanking on why. But, like, you said you wanted to pick this movie. You wanted to watch this movie for a while. But, like, was there, like, an impetus for this? Like, w- Like, was there, like chatter about this movie yeah well i i said earlier i just like read a couple of reviews i think on letterboxd or something that made it sound pretty fun so i was like okay like this seems like and then last week i was actually i was kind of having a hard time choosing between two different movies to for the pick 
And then James said something like, I'm down for 80s Goofy any time. So I was like, okay, I'll go with this then because that was my one of my two uh, possible picks. So, um, But I'm glad I watched it. I had a fun time with it. I'm super glad I watched it. I actually really liked the movie overall. Yeah, I mean, I can't um, say, sit here and say it's like a – a classic an unheralded classic but it's fun i like it's it because just... it was a nice change from last week's movie yeah it's just getting back into the like 80s yeah you know create you know silly crazy action um but kind of like they're doing weird stuff that you don't see anymore <laughs> yeah so i'm gonna go if it's okay, I'm, I'm going to go first. I'm going to say that I gave this movie a... Uh, my reaction is a six. Overall, it's a five. But I want to say I don't think this movie should be on the list. I don't think it's an action movie. Um, I actually think this movie is better than what I gave it. It, it, it just... It, I, I, I rated it based on being an action film. And it, it, it's, it, it's just not there. That's why it gets a five. Uh, I, I still I, I stand by my six, but uh, I, I don't think this is an action movie. I, I don't think it belongs on the list. Dustin, what do you think? Uh, I think it is an action movie. It, you cut back and forth between parts that are definitely not focused on action, but I think there's enough big set pieces, and I think that it was sold as an action movie, and I think people think of it as an action movie. I don't think people think of of this movie. Well, if they do, they think of it as an action movie. Yeah, I think it qualifies. Yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen a bit more, like one or two more cool scenes would have really boosted it for me. But um, I think it counts. And I mean, uh, I brought it, so it's going to go on the list. But James, would you have put it on the list? Uh, I would put it on the list because it kind of fits in that realm of um, like, Savage Streets, The Exterminator. Um, I think even like Action Jackson, um, yeah. a little wacky, but there's like a lot of other stuff going on. So I think it qualifies. Yeah, I mean, it's not the most action-packed. No, no, not at all. And and that's that's why it's not going to end up, you know, I mean, high this, up on the list. This is a movie that ends with a man on the, on the fucking landing gear of a plane throwing a grenade. Yeah, that plane and then exactly. I mean, if you describe Sam Elliott climbs on the landing gear of a jet and throws grenades into it and then jumps into the river and then the plane lands and blows up. Okay, that's one scene. And then you explain he also has a fight with a guy on a roller coaster and the roller coaster flies off. Right. <laughs> and he died. The bad guy dies i love that there's a foot chase through a fucking carnival like that yeah exactly and then there's a chase scene where then he shoots a car and blows it up and kills a guy and he is on that lamppost and like i mean falls and there's a man with an uzi that comes out of his sleep yeah this is an action movie this is action movie so but my my uh reaction is a six and overall 4.6 uh my reaction was also a six and my score ended up being a five. This thing really took some hits in like the plot department for me. Like yeah, the plot was inco- incoherent, <laughs> but uh, it's still fun to watch. Like this is not a classic, but I think, you know, you're looking for something uh, on a level of a stone cold or an action Jackson or something like that out for justice. This is going to tick a lot of boxes. Right. So this, has a huge tie in the 100s. 
This is a four, very fun four one, way actually. tie. Well, three way tie, isn't it? Well, well, plus this one. Yeah, so four way tie. Four way tie. It's bad. It's tied with Bad Boys at one hundred seven, The Purge, Anarchy at one hundred eight, and Raw Force at one hundred nine. Well, I think it's better than all those movies. <laughs> I mean, when we rewatched Bad Boys, I was yeah pretty, pretty unimpressed with it. On that's the true. Not See, that there isn't some fun to be had with Bad Boys. I mean, the leads make it watchable, but it's yeah. I would agree with you. I think it's better than all three of these. I actually think because the one right ahead of it at 106 yeah. is Death Wish. Oh yeah, interesting. It's, yeah, some, there are some Death Wishian moments in this movie. It's. I think it's better than Death Wish and at 105 The Expendables. Yeah, I don't think it's a better movie than Death Wish, but it's more fun to watch. Yeah, it's an interesting company because you got. You got Out for Justice, The Expendables, Death Wish, Bad Boys, The Purge Anarchy, Raw Force, Under Siege, The Punisher, Warzone. So it's kind of <laughs> right in there. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I'd probably watch it again at some point in the future if it was on TV or something, which I doubt it will be because it's not exactly like a classic. But So, John, where would you put it? Um, oh, I'd probably put it right behind Bad Boys. Okay. Yeah, that's my pick. I mean, Bad Boys has star power, right? It, uh, yeah. it has star power. It has uh, so much charisma. I, I think that charisma drives Bad Boys ahead. Um, I also think that we probably put Bad Boys at a in a place that no one else would ever oh, put I know, it. I know. But I think that's because, you know, I, I definitely remembered Bad Boys more fondly in my mind than when then when I rewatched it, I was like, yeah. oh, it's actually not very good. <laughs> yeah, like I I I think that Bad Boys, like for us, it might be one of the most contentious ratings we've ever given. Really? Yeah, I mean, in terms of like what the public opinion of Bad Boys is, because it's a it's a very popular movie. Fuck yeah. those people, though. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't, I don't think a lot of people look at bad boys like honestly. Uh, no, we, but that's like asking Dustin to look at an 80s action movie, honestly. Yeah, whoa, that's true. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, Dustin, I think you I was have... very honest about Shakedown. No, no, well, yes, yeah, so you're honest yeah. about Shakedown, but how about one of those movies you watched when you were like 12? Yeah, you... one of those ones that you jerked off to when you were 12 years old when the explosions happened. So you fucking what, can't. What do we, what do we give you me an can't... example here? Are we talking yeah. about uh, Bloodsport? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh, perfect example. Bloodsport. Yes. Yeah. But or how like much I tried to make out that Bloodsport was some kind of class. Yeah, but you you have just as much. What's oh, what? What are my ratings on Bloodsport? Dustin, Dustin, we're always gonna have a problem with 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 your 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 love of '80s action movies that you watched when you were too young to watch them, and your disdain for uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. Is that, that's what it comes back to, isn't it? Yeah. It yeah. does. So you gave Bloodsport an overall what six? Six point six. Oh six. Oh, when we rewatched it, I think. Yeah, rewatch. I gave it six point six. Yeah. Well, you know. It's not like a super high rating, but anyway. Anyways. What are we gonna watch next? All right. Well, Dang, so yeah. So this week, I uh, I asked all those selfish losers on Instagram. All our fans. Are they part of our Patreon? So you're just being real aggressive towards the fans here. I mean, uh, I love every one of them. 
and I do it for them. And they're all they're all paying like two dollars a month. For they're our definitely Patreon, right? not on our Patreon. You know Sounds all that nice. bonus content that's not on there. <laughs> <laughs> yet yet well, yet yet so james what did they pick so we narrowed it down from 21 films and i got them to you know battle each other and vote them all up and it all Can, came down was there a final five there was a final three what were the final three so the final three were street fighter pulp fiction and starship troopers fingers crossed john I'm going for Starship Troopers. Even though I love Street Fighter, it's one of my favorite movies. One of your favorite movies? As as far as like cheesy. Now I was remembering the 80s and too fondly. <laughs> that was the 90s. Wasn't the but 90s? Yeah. That was the, the 90s. 90s yeah. I, 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 I hate that movie actually. Like, I mean, I hate it in the sense that it's terrible, but I love it for. So I wasn't old enough to go see that movie. Um, and we had a guy in front of us at the movie theater buy us tickets so that we could go see it. What was it rated? Uh, 14A. 14A for Street Fighter? Yeah, I was 12. Oh, shit. Yeah, so a dude in front of us bought tickets for it at the old theater downtown. Um, that doesn't exist anymore. Did you have to so sit I, on his lap? Or? <laughs> I said, yeah, I Uncle, well, no, Uncle Jimmy's I, lap and watch some I, Street Fighter. Yeah, I, I, like I, he does the splits. I was told. I was told. I was told. I sucked his dick. You gotta um, relieve the tension, John. Yeah. Uh, so a dude <laughs> bought us tickets to for that into movie. My popcorn bucket. Yeah. <laughs> Funny thing is, is that actually I uh, same thing. Same thing happened for uh, uh, Starship Cool Troopers. Runnings. <laughs> cool Runnings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have we so didn't have one guy that would buy you tickets all the time uncle jimmy <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, uh so a, a different guy bought us tickets for uh starship troopers to... so it seems like a good trade-off you got to see the movie <laughs> yeah yeah but, uh, you know anyway town cinema it, it was town cinema no it was the other one yeah cineplex yeah cineplex odeon yeah Okay, so so they voted, and we are watching John's dream is coming true as a child. Street Fighter. Yes. Is this going to be weird for you? (laughs) Yeah. Are you going to have some trauma? Like I'm probably going to come while I'm watching the movie. (laughs) Uh Like I'm. It's not going to be. I'm not going to want it to happen. You're definitely going to hate yourself for doing it. Well, I'm definitely going to hate somebody. You're going to have to repent after. Probably Mark, my youth group pastor. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. All right. So I think we're done. I think John's ready to go to bed or something. Yeah, John, do your your spiel. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, um, please check us out on Instagram at Action Action Podcast, on Letterbox Action Action Podcast. Right, James? Uh, yeah, Action Action. Action Action. Um, we really appreciate you guys listening to this, and we'll see you next week.
Who's got scallions? <laughs>